to Avala Cafe. My name is Brian Hostler, founder of Star Roots Consulting based in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, which is on Treaty 6 territory in the traditional homeland of the Métis. I'm joined as always by my co-host. Hi everyone, I'm Carolyn Kamen, an independent evaluation consultant working out of Vancouver, BC. I'm coming to you from Musqueam, Squamish, and tsleil Nations territory. This podcast is an informal chat on evaluation topics, the kind you might overhear at your local coffee shop if your favorite coffee shop were frequented by evaluators. This podcast is for everyone, expert or novice, longtime practitioner, or just starting in the field. Even if you don't identify as an evaluator, as long as you have an interest in evaluation, this podcast is for you. So for this week's topic, we're going to be talking about relationships. We decided this evaluation thing doesn't make any sense. We're just going to go into the business of providing advice. So please uh, text us or email us or tweet at us with your relationship questions. We just want to know uh, we're, we're willing to provide advice about all your, your relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, professional, personal, any relationship you have, if you're struggling with your dog, Brian has great advice of, you know, relationships with with pets. Yes. Well, actually, really, we are going to be talking about relationships with um, in the valuation context and specifically with clients. And I think when we're talking about clients here, it's not um, not just about if you're an external evaluator working with um, with a with a paying client or like a, a, a yeah paying client in that sense. It could also be if you're um, working as an internal evaluator and you're working with a team, you're working with. Um, a specific program that does involve kind of a relationship to have to navigate as well as part of it. Yeah, I think there's some little, I mean, you and I have both worked uh, both as consultants and also as internal evaluators from time to time. And I always find that, yes, there are differences, but not as many differences as you'd think. And that there's a lot of stuff that even if it's not the same uh, is analogous. And I think that extends to client relationships as well. So hopefully this podcast will be applicable to a wide array, array of, um, of evaluators and, and our listeners. So let's start off with even just um, beginning the relationship. How do you know who to work with? How do you, um, again, this is probably going to be a bit more for an external audience or external consulting audience, but how do we know who to work for? How do you put your uh, put your profile together in a sense, if we're going to take this analogy to its extreme, um, and actually find someone to work with? Right, because isn't it so, te- I think we're all very tempted, especially... Um, because the the consulting world can be very uncertain, but even just in general, the, the employment market right now for everyone's a little uncertain to just for every opportunity, just be like, oh, oh, I'm going to jump on that. Of course, we'll make that work. And to not necessarily take the time to really think through, is this the right matchup? You know, is this someone where, you know, we're going to go the distance and where we both have something to offer each other? Um And I think using some discernment when it comes to starting a new client relationship or, or joining up with, um, you know, a new organization as, as their internal evaluator, even, you should really be looking for uh, certain things. Uh, I think one of the big things for me is a value match. I think that's really mm-hmm. important. Um, do, does the way that the client like makes sense of the world and, and, and what's important to them, are those things that I can get behind as well? It doesn't always have to be 100%, you know, my values, like I can be adaptable as well. And I'm, I'm always interested in working with people, you know, where they're coming from. But if I'm working with a client where they really, you know, they're taking one perspective, and it's just not a perspective that I can really comfortably share, then I would think, you know what, I'm probably not the evaluator for them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think it's really just comes down to understanding what you're looking for. And part of that is just understanding yourself in terms of, like you said, values and what's, uh, what's your negotiables, what's your non-negotiables. Um, 
uh, it can be, you know, tangible things in terms of, of budget and whatnot, but it can also be intangible things like I want to um, be working with people who I could see myself, you know, going out for beers afterwards or something, or that may not be important, or it could be important that they take that kind of participatory or um, anti-oppression kind of framework. If that's something really important, then that's something you need to kind of look, look for right at the get-go. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it also depends on like, how big of a commitment is it sometimes if it's a fairly small project, it's it's okay to take a bit of a risk and be like, hmm, I don't know if we'll work together because you don't know really until you do start working together. Um, you know, like, well, let's see, let's see how this works out. And it, sometimes it's the start of something beautiful. And sometimes it's just, you know, a one off. So you know, a, a, a fling, <laughs> <laughs> a tryst, perhaps. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think there, I mean, there's so many factors that weigh in on that decision. I mean, that value match is one of them. Your own availability, I think it's really important not to overstretch yourself and overcommit. And that's always so hard because it's not an exact predictable thing of like, oh yeah, I'll know exactly when this project will start and exactly when it will wrap up, and exactly what resources it will take. Because stuff is always a little bit um, unpredictable that way. Something There'll be an unexpected delay. Things won't get started when you thought they would. Or, oh, it'll turn out to be a much bigger project than you expected. Or, oh, yeah, we thought we were going to be able to use that data source. But actually, it's unavailable or it's a lot messier than we thought. And it's going to take so much more work to do that. Right. Um, but as much as you can, trying to, trying to not overextend yourself, I think, is also really important. Mm -hmm. And I think just to build on that a little bit, it's just, uh, you know, right person is an important thing or right client in this case. But uh, also timing can be important. And that can be both on you and on them. It might be like this is a dream organization to work for, but they're going through a restructuring and they're not quite in the right spot to be uh, considering or making use of evaluation findings. Or maybe for yourself, uh, there's been a lot of times where it's like this sounds like a neat project. It's a bit of a stretch and I just don't have the capacity. I don't have like the, the mental space. I don't have the... Uh, um, yeah, I just don't have the, the space to kind of to take this on. If it was six months earlier or six months later, it would have been awesome. But uh, yeah, I just had to realize like, oh, well, I'll just have to walk away from this one. Maybe the door is open for the future, but um, that's not a that's not a bad thing. If you had to say like, okay, I just need to walk away from this. I just need to say thanks, but now is not the right time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Timing is important. And I mean, I've had that happen both with clients and with potential employers as well. So I think that's, you know, roundly applicable. And the one thing I want to say to anyone who's ever struggled with, oh, but I didn't want to walk away from that or, oh, no, what, you know, maybe I shouldn't say no, even though there are red flags, because what if no one ever asks me again? Um, there will always be another opportunity even if this seems like the perfect best opportunity that oh like yeah this is the thing that's going to launch my career or take me to the to the next level oh but it's just not working out that's okay i promise you some nothing is ever as perfect as it seems and something else will always come along yep and that's a lesson i know that i'm still having to remind myself and learn um every time that something comes up and i have to say no to it it's something that's always a still a struggle for me but yeah i have to remind myself and tell myself that there will be things coming up there will be always op other opportunities that come through and just be be satisfied with that uh yep. one more one I'm more thing oh, go ahead oh sorry Go no, go ahead. Okay. Uh, one more thing on this one that comes to mind too is that oftentimes, um, well, I guess if it's an internal kind of posting, you'll have a job description or a job offer, and if it's an external, there might be an RFP, a request for proposals, or something similar. Um, 
it's kind of the, the equivalent of a profile on a dating website. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a good starting point, um, but don't be afraid to dig deeper. If there's something you see on there you're not sure about or you're curious about, use that as a start for a conversation. Don't kind of take what's on their on their profile in a sense as being, you know, this is the be all and end all. Sometimes people might just put things on there because they think they need to put it on there. But um, so just saying, yeah, don't always trust what's written down on paper. That's such a great point. And I'm always fascinated. I think, you know, what people, how people write about themselves, how people describe what they're doing and what they're looking for is always really fascinating. Um, And it's a really good data point in and of itself, not just because it might be, I mean, it usually is a version of the truth, but it's also usually very much like, I'm putting my best foot forward. I'm really trying to present in a certain way. And uh, particularly, yeah, if you're writing an RFP or a a job description, like you don't know who's going to apply. Like you're writing to such a big, ambiguous audience. Um, This is why we all hate writing dating profiles. You're like, who who am I advertising to? I don't know who my audience is. (laughs) Um, But it's that, getting to know you part from there, you can see, oh, okay, I see where that, you know, why you presented yourself this way or, or why you emphasize this. And you can see in for its information, both in, in what rings true and also what maybe it has a little bit of a disconnect with what seems to be really going on. So I think it's all, it's all good information, but yes, definitely don't uh, take things on face value necessarily that uh, make sure that you, you find out, okay, what's, what's really going on here. Mm-hmm, definitely. Actually, and then Brian, I wanted, I do want you to, to tell us a little bit about though, this uh, image you shared with me right before we started this of such a really great flow chart. Uh, and we can put this in our show notes, but this amazing flow chart that you have up on your office wall that I think covers a lot of ground in terms of how to decide if a project is right for you. Yes. Uh, and now I just lost it. <laughs> and I'll hear it as I found it. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So I can't remember where I found this. So I'll just, we'll just link to it in our show notes uh, directly. But um, basically, it's, if an opportunity comes up, it asks you a couple of questions. It's just kind of a standard flow chart. Things like, will I be interacting with awesome people? Does the opportunity resonate with me? Will it help me spread my wings? Can I contribute uniquely? And can I be involved while maintaining my commitments to family, clients, colleagues, and self? So you kind of want to go through all those different kinds of questions and say, you know, sometimes this might be, um, you know, I'm interacting with great people, but it's not really helping me spread my wings. It's not helping me develop my sweet spot. So maybe it's, you know, I, I should leave that. Or uh, maybe there's, you know, I can contribute, but there's other people I know in the community who could really, you know, uh, benefit from per- participating in this. And I don't need the, those benefits right now. So maybe I should, you know, refer on somebody or just take a rain check if I'm not really, if I'm too busy right now for other things. So just, um, yeah, when I came across this a few weeks ago, I just decided, you know, this is awesome. So I printed it out. It's on my white, it's, uh, yeah, it's clipped to my whiteboard next to my desk. So it's a kind of a good reminder for, um just really kind of considering um, I've seen another framework, some results that I've used from time to time, which says, you know, identify three uh, qualities or uh, questions you need to say yes to for an opportunity. Like, absolutely. These three things must be in play and then identify maybe three more, which you need like two out of the three to, to do that. So three things that might be absolute. Yes. It has to be a paying position. It has to be, specific use of my skills and it needs to be with an organization that I agree with their values. And then the two of the three, maybe it's um, gives me a chance to really kind of stretch and grow. It needs to be really well-paying and it's contributing to like a larger initiative. So you need just two of the three of those. So there's different kind of heuristics. There's different kind of um, frameworks out there to try, but 
give it some thought when you're trying to evaluate an opportunity, I guess, in a sense. Um, yeah, give, give some thought to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, maybe before we move on to the next topic, um, we can talk a little bit about, are there any, through experience, have you come across any uh, red flags that you look for or sort of like big waving warning signs of, ooh, you know what, don't let this one go. Throw this one back. Yeah. Um, sometimes, I mean, coming from an external perspective is when they're asking for way too much given the time. It's the, the RFP sometimes comes out as being everything in the kitchen sink and they want you to do it in like two months on a shoestring. It just might be the case where they, again, it might be not, I wouldn't even say like a complete like stop, don't go any further, but it's definitely one where we want to have a conversation. They might just think they need to have all these different pieces and when you talk to them, it's actually just, oh, no, we just need a, a simple outcome evaluation. We have all these things about the model and everything because we are just copying and pasting from a previous RFP or something. But, yeah, usually if there's like a huge mismatch between what they're asking for and the time frame to do it in, that's where it usually kind of says like, OK, they're not quite understanding or maybe they're just being overly optimistic about, you know, what's required to actually do the work that they're asking to be done. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one for me as well, when the the ask kind of is really disproportionate to the resources or or what looks like it's about. So and I think you're right that it sometimes you can get to know a little bit more um, about the process. So I don't really love that whole RFP process, because sometimes you're discouraged from like, getting in touch and, and actually asking some questions. And I find it so much easier to find out from people what they need by having a conversation than trying to like, interpret their RFP and and send back something that you hope that they can interpret in a way that's favorable. Um, I think my other, my, one of my red flags is if, if I don't feel excited when I hear about it, like if it doesn't give me that little like, Ooh, um, because there's just like, if I'm not excited about it and I don't have to get, I mean, I have lots of different reasons for getting excited about projects and I can get excited about stuff that people might think sounds boring. It's, can still be exciting to me. I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to get a chance to work with spreadsheets. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So lots of like the, my, my excitement sensitivity is pretty good. Like there's lots of things that, that uh, get me interested in a project. So I know that if I don't get that feeling at all, even a little bit, then I'm like, Oh, if I don't feel it now, I'm not going to feel it later. Right. Um, and then that's one where, yeah, I would, I would pass or I refer it on if I can. I always like to be able to refer on to someone else if possible. Cause I know sometimes people are just casting about being like, who do I, <laughs> you know, who, who can help me with this? Um, I also find sometimes people ask for evaluation um, when that's maybe not what they need. Like I've, I've run into projects before like that where there, where there, there's almost this idea like, Ooh, if I get an evaluation, that's somehow going to solve the, uh, you know, organizational dysfunction that my, that we we're struggling with right now. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, we're, you know, we're not certain what we're doing. Maybe, maybe what they need is strategic planning, not evaluation. Right. Or maybe sometimes when they're asking for strategic planning, what they need is evaluation. Like when you're actually inside the organization and there's all this stuff happening and you can see all the ways that it's connected, it's hard to figure out exactly what you need mm-hmm. and, and hard to know how to ask for that. Um, especially if you don't have a lot of resources around that or a lot of experience with that. So I'm always trying to be very sensitive to that. And, and when I do hear asks from people, I, I always want to go a little deeper and find out, okay, what is it really that yeah. you're looking for? Is it this or is it maybe something else? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And this is kind of getting into our next question, I think, of how do you start things off right with a client? And it really starts yeah, at like the pre-stage before you even get, you know, officially started on things just to talk about expectations and what both sides are looking in the in the picture. And your example reminded me in terms of, uh, you know, sometimes they're looking for evaluation and they need change management or they need uh, strategic planning or something. I was um, had a conversation with one organization and they were pitching it as an evaluation, but it became clear through the conversation that they were having issues with one of their affiliates and kind of looking to deal with the all the interpersonal things around there and said like, no, an evaluation won't help you there. You need to have some sort of change management or interpersonal conflict management, something happening there, because this is something around expectations on both sides. Uh, an evaluation is probably going to tell you what you already uh, what you're already maybe thinking about, but mm-hmm. it, you should really more sit down with this affiliate and have a conversation about what the expectations are, not try to use an evaluation as a tool to bludgeon them into acting the way you want them to. So mm-hmm. that was my my kind of experience with a client or wasn't even a client, it was a potential client where I decided, yeah, I'm going to walk away from this one, refer them to someone who does work in conflict management and wish them the best for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and I feel like that's the kind of thing um, that you really learn with experience. Sometimes, sometimes by making, right. <laughs> getting involved in stuff that you're like, Ooh, yeah, that was, that was, nope. <laughs> mm-hmm. I should not have done that. <laughs> or said yes to that one. So, but yeah. How, how else do we start things off? Right. What are, what are some good ways just to kind of say, okay, we decided to work together. Um, how do we make sure this works out well? Yes. And I think, I mean, having, good early conversations where you're really laying out um, here's not just what you want to do, but why you want to do it. I think it's really important to get across like, what's the rationale? You know, if you're talking about a particular design, like, Hey, we want to do, I think that you would benefit from uh, a participatory approach. Well, why explain what that is. Don't take for granted that people always know, especially when you're getting into jargon territory and explain the rationale behind it and what you think um, it the advantages of it would be and the disadvantages so that we're everyone's on the same page at the outset of what is happening. I always like to talk about what my values are. Um, and like say, you know, these are my, this is what I come into evaluation. Here's how I think about things. Here's what I prioritize so that people know where I'm coming from. And I like to do that before we even get to the signing a contract phase, because I don't want these things to be surprises. Mm-hmm, definitely. I think it comes right down just to clarifying and spelling out everything. Honestly, it, it might feel like you're kind of going to too much detail sometimes, but I think there's never been a case where I've been telling them too much information or asking too many questions. Um, for me, one of the ones that I always like to start off with, or maybe not um, my first question, but one to ask for sure is, who is this evaluation for and what is it for? Like, what's the purpose of it? Um, sometimes, oftentimes, it may be the person you're talking with directly on the team who's the evaluation. Um, they're they're going to use, the team's going to use the evaluation, but sometimes it's being done for uh, um, for management, for higher up or for a funder. It might be for external partners. So just kind of really understanding right from the get-go, who's going to be using this evaluation report? Because that can really have an influence on the methods, on the type of data you're collecting, what kind of analyses you're doing, how you're going to write up the report. So it's, yeah, get all that out on the table right from the get-go. And it saves you tons of time uh, if you're trying to fix it, compared to if you're trying to fix it uh, at the tail end of the project. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to get all of those things laid out early on. And also to, so to ask those questions, make note of it. And then at a later point, play it back to them as well and say, so this is, you know, when we talked, you know, a couple of weeks ago, this is what I heard and make sure that you're still on the same page. Like sometimes people, when you ask these questions, it's the first time they've thought about it. And the first time they've really, um, or they've thought about it. it was the first time they've been able to like really say it and articulate it. And that's great. That's part of what's so cool about working with an evaluator is we're going to ask you these questions and give you this space to think these things through. But sometimes that's a process. And maybe what you were thinking about two weeks ago in that intervening time, you know, just, you know, when you're thinking in the shower, when you're thinking on the way to work, when you're talking with other people, more ideas are starting to surface. So checking back in and, and keeping things very, very explicit, like this is what I'm hearing, you know, does that sound like what you wanted to say, like, are there, is there anything you need to add or need, you know, did I get a, um, a misperception? Sometimes we have misperceptions. I think that you're talking about one thing and, and actually you mean something else. And maybe it's because I don't know some context within your organization, or I've made an assumption about what you mean about something. So always doing some of that, you know, mirroring or reflecting back and checking in with people. Mm-hmm. And I think just, uh, just like personal relationships too, it's, uh, we need to be um, willing to to grow ourselves to allow our uh, other our partner or whoever we're working with to grow or change or to say like you know I said that two weeks ago but I had some time to think about it and I realized it's more like this so um, just realize and then also like you said too that um, there can be uh, miscommunications and that's kind of part of any kind of relationship there might be mistaken assumptions there might be um, you know, you thought you communicated something and they thought they received it, but it didn't quite come through for and no fault to either side of the party. It's just something happened. So that's how you need to, you need to work through that. Yeah. One thing I also like to do to get things started off right and, and to set a good, a good foundation for the whole process is to take people through um, hypothetical finding scenarios. Mm. Um, like, you know, we're going to, we're going to use these methods. This is the question we're trying to answer. We're going to be collecting data from your sites. And we're what we're, we know what we're hoping to see is that, you know, all these numbers are going to be going up at all your sites, but what if we don't see a change? What, you know, what, if, if we get this kind of back or what if we see some sites go down, like just depending on the project coming up with some hypothetical, but realistic scenarios of not getting the ideal information back and getting them thinking then early on. Okay. How will we handle that? What will that mean to us? What else? And even then that might help surface some extra questions of like, oh yeah, maybe we should also be looking into this at the same time, just in case we, so that we have something to help us understand um, if some of this, these numbers don't work out. Um, I think that's really important um, for any project. And again, this is internal or external. You always want to, people to be thinking about, right, okay, so evaluation doesn't guarantee that we're going to hear successful things back or that we're going to hear what we wanted to hear back. And it's really good to get people thinking about that ahead of time. Yeah. And one more thing on this topic um, is that uh, whenever I'm working with the client, I do set a, a contract out, even if it's a short-term thing, even if it's with the same organization I've worked with on several other projects, I do have something in writing just to say, you know, here's what the purpose of this project is. Here's what I'm, the number of interviews I'm going to do. Here's the work I'm going to do. Here's the payment schedule. And, you know, here's how we're going to resolve issues that may come up. So um, include things like evaluation ethics and say that, you know, I'm going to, if there's, if there's findings which aren't as positive, I'm going to present them and do it clearly and accurately, but also do it to minimize any unnecessary harm. So things like that. So again, just as a, as a starting point, and even if you're an internal evaluator, um, 
a, uh, a work plan, like your, your own personal work plan, or just like a, uh, maybe a bit of a, a project brief for a specific evaluation that you're doing with an internal client could help uh, fulfill the same role, just to be really clear as to what you're going to do, what you're not going to do, and uh, all those kind of little details to spell them out right from the get-go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I agree. So, so Brian, so even when we do all these good things to get things, you know, we, we, we pick the clients that we know we're going to be good working with and we, and we do all the things that we do to start things off in a really good direction. Uh, what do we do when things inevitably sometimes go sideways? Yeah, I think uh, that's always a hard thing to, to have to deal with. And, but you're right though, there it's inevitable. It will maybe not with every client, but there will, will always be some time where there's something didn't just work out or there's some sort of misunderstanding or there's hurt feelings involved somehow. And I think um, first thing to do is just take a deep breath um, and I'm taking advice from a book I was reading on um, on a recent trip called The Unfinished Social Entrepreneur, is that you're not a failure, you make mistakes. Just to remind yourself of that. It's nothing, we all screw up sometimes, uh, people screw up sometimes, but it doesn't reflect necessarily on you as a person, it doesn't reflect on your character. I know sometimes there can be, for me, if I really screw something up, I can be like, oh my God, how did I do that? Why did I let things go to this or get to this? How did this happen? And it can be really, you know, feeling shameful, feeling guilty. Um, just kind of have to check in with yourself, I think, as a starting point and say like, whoa, okay, something screwed up here. I made mistakes for sure, but uh, we can work through this. We can go past it. I don't need to be, you know, having these negative emotions. I don't need to be taking on these negative emotions on top of me, on top of this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like the fact that you have talked so much about, it is an emotional process. I mean, maybe feelings and emotions aren't what people think of first when they think of evaluation. That seems like a very sort of cut and dried sciencey kind of thing. But honestly, evaluation is emotional as heck. It's yep. emotional <laughs> for the people we work with. It's emotional for us. I mean, these are, you know, programs and services and, and policies that people have invested, um, really invested themselves in. You don't do these kinds of things because you don't believe on some level that they could work and that they could help people. These are pretty high stakes areas to work. And so, yeah, when you start talking about evaluation, even if you're coming from a very uh, learning oriented perspective, um, it's still, it gets people. Um, And I think, yeah, as evaluators, making sure that we are um, respectful of our own emotions, that we don't, that we know where they come from, we understand them, we embrace them, but we don't let them control us. That kind of emotional health is really, really important. I think that fits in with the, the sort of soft skills. We talk about how soft skills are really important in evaluation. Like, yes, there's lots of like technical methodological skills, but being able to manage relationships really well and effectively, including through really difficult, complex challenges, where you might be supporting people uh, who are working in a high stakes program area and there's high levels of disagreements and there's a lot on the line and you as the evaluator having to bring up stuff that's really tough and help people work through it. Mm-hmm. And there's room for error. Even if you do things as well as you can, it doesn't always work out. And that's so much responsibility to feel that I think you're right. I think it's really important to not let ourselves get overwhelmed by that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think in terms of just moving forward from like when something like this does happen, it's just, uh, it's kind of the same advice we've had throughout this whole podcast is like communicate and try to be clear on things um, and try to be understanding. Like if it's, uh, if something screwed up and 
um, and you're kind of, it's part of it's your fault. Apologize. You know, just, it's, it's a simple thing, right? Say like, I'm sorry, uh, we missed this deadline or I'm sorry, this, um, I, this data collection didn't work out or whatever it was that happened. And I remember there's like a three step process for good apologies. It's like a stating equivocal, unequivocally, I'm sorry, B kind of, you know, explaining what happened, not excusing yourself to saying like, this is the the thing we like, we weren't able to get the, the consent forms out in time. And then C is like, what are we doing moving forward? Okay. So I'm going to contact the participants and, arrange for this and this and also write up a update to the funder to explain why we're behind schedule. So just kind of, again, just really communicating clearly, just making sure that all everything is upfront and just kind of saying, how do we move forward on this? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's also lots of reasons for things to go sideways. Sometimes it's, you know, uh, evaluator error. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, you think that you're going to work together well with a client and, and really it's not there. Maybe you, you didn't quite understand each other's expectations at the outset. And as you get into it, you're like, Oh, okay. We're not as compatible as we thought that we would be. Or sometimes just other stuff intervenes. Like maybe, you know, the project could be going along great. You have a great relationship with your client partner. Um, but their, their funder doesn't like the evaluation design and, and, and pull support or uh, a really critical partner in the community who is going to help with collecting data is like, Nope, out of here, or, or there's another conflict that arises, like there's so many things that can happen. And I think one thing that's really important to remember in any situation like this is you can always regroup. Um, you can always, there's always something you can do to pull it back and be like, okay, so we can't do this now, but what if we did this? I mean, that's a big part of evaluation is figuring out what you can do with what you're given. You know, we don't, we never have limitless resources anyway. <laughs> So it's just that kind of creative problem solving of like, well, what can we do? Uh, you know, maybe we can't do this, you know, multi-site exploration, but can we, maybe we've got a really good relationship with this one site that wants us to come in. Well, let's go in and do an in-depth case study at that site. Um, or, okay, this relationship between us isn't working out great. You know what? We can, you know, there's always should be something in the contract that allows people to like wrap things up a little early. It's like, you know what? Let's, you know, we'll, we've, we've done this much work that we can invoice for that amount we send, you know, give you these materials and then send you a referral to, of someone else to work with. Cause this isn't necessarily going to keep going forward. Like there's always, there's always something. <laughs> Definitely. I will and say. I think, uh, yep. And uh, part of that is maybe just remembering that there's hopefully something that brought the two of you together in the first place. There's some shared interests, some shared values. There's some shared uh, desire to see this uh, project, like this evaluation project go forward and contribute to the work of the organization. So maybe it's just kind of, you know, having to say, okay, time out. Let's go back to that, that foundational piece and say, okay, what, what do we have here? Can we still, can we still, can we go back and build up on that again, even though yeah. things haven't turned out what we expected? You know, I recently had an experience. So I've had a client that I've worked with for a really long time and uh, I realized over the last year or so that, okay, the, the nature of the work that I'm doing with them now, it's really changed. Um, it's, you know, the projects that, that I was working on were like, okay, I know how we, I know I could see how we got there from where we had started, which we had started at such a great place. But over time, just the way things had worked out, I was, I was suddenly working on projects that weren't really fitting with my interests and my values, weren't stretching me. Some of it was just that I had been changing as an evaluator. You know, I started working with them very, very early on in my career and I've been growing and figuring out what my values are. And some of it was things like I had changed locations and it changed the type of work that I could do with them. And I got to the point where I thought, wow, maybe I should really, you know, fire this client, even though I love them. 
because, you know, they could start a new relationship with someone who can do the kind of work for them that, uh, that they really need. And, and that would also bring that person, um, you know, the kind of career growth they're looking for. And I just thought, you know, am I standing in their way of their happiness? Um, <laughs> It was, and, and I thought I got to the point of like, okay, I, I, I need to break up with this client. I need to fire the client. And what I did instead, I'm so glad is I thought about, well, wait, there was a reason that I liked working with them in the first, like there were, there was something that brought us together. What was it about those early projects that really got me excited? Oh, right. It was the fact that we were actually, you know, doing this kind of work and, and it, and it met my needs in this way. And, and I felt like I was really able to, to contribute something unique to them. I think all those points that you talked about in that, that flow chart really fit very well to that. I was ticking yes on all of those things. And I thought, well, you know what, we've hit a new point in, in the kind of work they're doing anyway. Like this is the perfect opportunity to say, hey, how would you feel about us re-envisioning this relationship and re-envisioning the kind of work that I do for you, seeing as you probably won't need me to do this exact kind of work that I've been doing just for the last couple of years. And lo and behold, when I spoke to the client about it, there's like, you know what, we were having that exact conversation mm-hmm. the other week. That yeah, we also want to re envision this relationship. We do want to keep working with you, but we can do it in a way that we're we're both you know getting the most out of this. And I was so happy to hear that. And yeah, I think it's it's that perfect example. Things can start to get off track, but if you just think about you know what it was it that what what was it that got us here in the first place? You know, brought us together in the first place and and rekindle the romance a little bit. <laughs> Uh, I think is what we we needed in that case. So honestly, the relationship metaphors don't, just don't stop. <laughs> exactly. You found that loving feeling again. So that's great. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so this brings us to our very last, uh, you know, point of, of the episode, which was, you know, how how do we end things well? You know, projects inevitably come to a close. Um, and sometimes even clients you've worked with for a really long time, there comes a natural point of like, oh, it's time to move on now. It's time to go our separate ways, whether it's a short term project or a long term client relationship. How do we, you know, wrap things up well? Yeah. And I think, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but just communication. Just OK. Talk to people and say, like, if it's a time, if it's a timed uh, project that say, OK, we have like three months left in this in this project, so we should have you know, maybe a conversation about how do we start wrapping things up, make sure you're in a good spot for moving forward. If it's like a more deliverable based thing and maybe just to mention, like, here's the final report and um, sending out timelines for getting back to feedback and say, okay, um, is there an opportunity to have a final meeting or a final conversation as part of this? So um, for me, it's also going back to expectations. So just to say, you know, what are we, did you get what we hope, did we get what we hope to get out of this relationship? Is there anything good there? Um, again, hopefully you have that conversation up front and we can say, yep, checkbox. Uh, if things haven't been quite met, then that's maybe a little bit of a, of a more difficult kind of situation to talk about, to say, what can I do reasonably to help meet those expectations without, you know, going beyond the scope of what we agreed to. And I think for me, just finally, it's just kind of uh, regardless of what happens, it was a good relationship. It was a bit of a turbulent one. Uh, just as, you know, be graceful at the, at the at the close of it, I think. Just, you know, say, okay, you know, maybe these things didn't work out as we thought, but, you know, it still was. It was a good experience, I think. And um, yeah, like why why end it on a sour note? Just try to maybe take the take the higher road there and, and end it nicely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think... For me, the way that I don't like projects to end and don't like these things to end is um, a petering out um, of like, okay, I sent you the final report 
and or even worse, I send you a draft of a final report and I never hear back. Right. <laughs> it's like, did you like it? Did you not like it? Um, I don't. I don't want things. I never want a project to end on. Oh, I sent you a report. I I think there always needs to be something that goes a little bit farther beyond that. Of, hey, let's sit down and talk about what's in that. Let's talk about the next steps. Like talk about what you feel. I mean, honestly, I think that final report should be a very collaborative process anyway, so that I know that I'm putting things in it that they're actually going to be able to act upon it and use and will make sense to them. Um, and yeah, having some kind of closing out uh, conversation, maybe it's a presentation of findings, maybe it's bringing things back to the people who contributed to the report in some way. Um, I think it does depend. It depends a little bit. Like there's some projects that are a little bit more formal, you know, and it, it there is sort of a closeout, like, okay, like we're done, we moved on. But I, I, I bond with my clients. I always, you know, I, I generally tend to work with people who uh, get passionate about what they do and I can't help but get passionate about them and what they do. So I, I like to wrap things up nicely somehow um, and uh, make sure that they're, they've gotten something useful out of the whole experience. That sounds good. And I think that brings us to us wrapping up this episode. I think, uh, did you get what you expected out of this episode, Carolyn? I think so. And I, th- I feel like if I had to reflect back on the whole episode and say like one thing, I mean, obviously we, it's about client relationships. We're talking about relationships all the way through. It's fascinating to me how much overlap there is between say a client relationship and, you know, a more personal, interpersonal relationship kind of thing. Uh, and, and it really comes down to everything is always built on trust and trust takes time and good communication. And I think if you follow those kinds of principles, then you can figure out your way through any twist and turn of a relationship of any kind. That's it for this episode of Eval Cafe. Thank you to all our listeners. Please check out the rest of our episodes on Pinecast, iTunes, or Google Play, or by going through our website, evalcafe.wordpress.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at evalcafe. And if you want to drop us a line, you can find us at evalcafe.podcast at gmail.com. Musical credits go to Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for poppers and prosecco or intro theme, and dispersion relation or outro, as well as to Tim at tabletopaudio.com for the lively cafe ambiance in our intro. Uh, this is always the awkward part, right? <laughs> it's like, do we end this now? Do we end it? Am I ending it? I think we've, we've ended, ended it. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> it's over. Right. Let it go.